welcome to Uninterrupted. After 9 fabulous episodes of chatting with women leaders from different walks of life, we're diving deep into all things fashion, retail and tech. Gear up to learn and unlearn as we unleash these gems for you. This episode has been presented by mirarbystyle.me, an augmented reality technology platform revolutionizing the way people shop with their seamless virtual try-ons. Now available for jewelry, eyewear and watches. Today's guest on Uninterrupted is a powerhouse imperative to the fashion industry in India. I'm in conversation with Shweta Kapoor of 43180, who has developed a unique design language that celebrates self-expression and an independent spirit that runs through her silhouettes. She made her runway debut in 2014 and today 14 collections and 9 years later the brand has become a regular on the Indian fashion calendar while creating a niche for itself. Shweta welcome to Uninterrupted and I'm very excited to chat about all things fashion with you. Thank you that was a really kind introduction. I don't think anyone's ever been so kind to me. I'm actually very very intrigued by the brand and also by the name of the brand like what significance does 4318 hold for you? You know, honestly, it's the last five digits of my phone number, and uh, the name which I originally wanted when I started was not available because of some legal issue. And I was, I think, in the middle of a tantrum, and then I was like, "I'm just gonna call it four three one eight eight." And my parents were just like, "What's wrong with you?" You know, and everyone around me was just like, "You are crazy!" And because everyone was saying that, and I was in like this tantrum throwing child, because I was like, I think twenty three. I was like, "This is it!" And like nine years later, I guess here we are. No, it's a, it's a very cool name, I think. Um, I mean, you know, you always associate usual things with fashion, but like, I don't think anyone has ever associated yeah. numbers with fashion. I feel like it's a really cool combination, though. I mean, it is a phone number. We are. always on our phones right i think that's where it also kind of like came up from like i wanted to have a digital brand i wanted to be something which was easily accessible and everything like we shop we eat we live through our phones and being a number it's always on top of every list so that also works for us yeah no that's smart you started this label back in 2012 you know when people were still learning to experiment with looks and styles and aesthetics you know what inspired yeah. you to kind of start your label in the first place i mean i've been working in the industry for like really i think ever since i was in uni so you know throughout my summers and throughout college i was always like with someone and uh, once i graduated i was again working for like some really great brands like burberry and vpl and like some great consultants in london and unfortunately everything was unpaid everything was like an internship and you know it was like just months and months of free work which was not settling in with me so i just decided like you know if i have to work for free i might as well work for myself and uh, it was also a great time to come back to india i think you know like the markets in new york and london and paris everything was just like like there was just full of people trying to do fashion and doing things and india was an emerging market there was just so much scope and there's so many opportunities here so and i'm glad you know i just took the call and i came back right from then to now would you say that your aesthetic has kind of evolved over time like i saw the fringe collection absolutely loved it i think it's a very beautiful blend of contemporary and heritage like together but how has like your aesthetic or the aesthetic of the brand grown over time 
I think in terms of aesthetic, it's definitely refined a lot. But I feel like your handwriting will always remain the same, right? So when I started, I was like, oh, like I'll I would just do luxury sportswear because you know I'm really into fitness and I love the idea of just like wearing leggings and sports bras and like a shirt on top because I was always a bit tomboyish in that aspect. So I kind of wanted to make clothes just for that, but obviously there was no market in India at that time. Like you know, people were not comfortable wearing things like that. Slowly we. kind of started figuring out like okay like a girl who's buying all her contemporary wear from us like what would she wear when she has to go for a wedding because she definitely doesn't want to wear what her mom wears you know she doesn't want to wear her mom's sarees and things like that so what can we offer her and that's where the idea of these pre-draped sarees with like a you know a bit of leg showing came about and that again works really well for us because Girls always traveling. She's on the go, so you know she needs something which is quick, easy to wear, fast free, and elegant at the same time. Right on the same lines, like if you were to describe like a four three one eight eight woman, like how would you define hmm. her? I would say she's on the go. She's super fast free. She's sexy, but you know in a classy way. She's not grass in her behavior. And in terms of like the sex appeal, like if she's showing. a certain part of a body she's pick one part of the body you know it's not like oh there's like a high slit and a really deep neck and there's a lot of skin show she's not like that she's like very very sophisticated she um loves her pockets and uh, just loves like great fabrics yeah i think that's a very classy approach you know like you reveal like a little bit but like it's it's very classy at the same time yeah it looks amazing right you don't <laughs> want to be like in your face all the time Exactly. Okay, so we've kind of you know dived into who like the brand serves, uh, mm-hmm. but this conversation I feel will be a little bit incomplete without chatting about you know the hundreds and thousands of carigars who probably spend days perfecting every single detail on that tailored outfit. And you know, while I'm aware of the impeccable craftsmanship that the brand is known for, how has the brand kind of brought all the various stakeholders together? You know, especially in the last year. So last year was tough for everyone, but you know during lockdown we made sure that we didn't cut anyone's salary, we didn't fire anyone. They were also like free. They were kind of getting, I mean, irritated is the right word because you know everyone was in that zone where they needed things to do. So we organized fabrics for them. We got them to make masks at home and encouraged them to kind of distribute it in their neighborhood. which kept them busy we also got them to do like little skill sets so you know if they wanted to practice something we told them we encouraged them to like practice it while lockdown was on other than that post lockdown when business was still a bit slow and we didn't really want to like overproduce things we organized some sort of like you know workshops for them like for example like we got the principal of new era public school to come in on independence day and she gave the small workshop on the meaning of freedom what it means to them and also like on the importance of education because their kids are in government schools they didn't really have any clarity because schools were shut so they didn't have any clarity on like what they were supposed to do and you know not everyone has a phone where they could do their online classes from so we keep doing these things for them to to encourage them to think beyond what they are just doing in terms of like work um we've also covered everyone under esi which is the employee state insurance and we encourage them a lot to work and think consciously and see what they are doing and think about it not just like blindly come to work finish their work and go back home 
Right, I think it's very similar to, you know, what we were all also doing through the lockdown where we were constantly trying to, you know, reinvent ourselves and think a little bit more, think a little bit more cautiously. I feel like you've literally driven that approach through everyone who was also working for the brand. So I think that's great. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay. On similar lines, you did mention like a more conscious approach. Um, mm-hmm. Sustainable ways of working in the industry were a long time coming. You know, a lot of brands have also evolved in the space of slow fashion per se. And they've yeah. always, you know, coupled it with a more conscious approach. What is your take on sustainable fashion? So I think slow fashion is a better term than to say sustainable fashion because I feel like if you're making anything new, it's not really sustainable, right? So you can't say that, oh, I made this cotton shirt and I'm a sustainable brand. That's really not sustainable. One cotton takes a lot of water to kind of you know mm. grow. Other than that, if you don't have the correct quality of cotton that you've used in your clothes, after two washes, it's going to look really ragged. And if you're spending, say, like 10 to 15,000 on a piece of shirt, you don't want to have it look like that. Yeah, And you'll be buying more stuff, right? So the moment it's faded, the moment it's looking old, you'll buy more stuff. So it's really not, again, it's not sustainable. So I don't agree that any brand is 100% sustainable. But yes, what can we do to reduce the burden on the planet? You know, can we find better packing solutions? Can we encourage customers to not buy everything and, you know, kind of encourage them to go through their wardrobe first? see what they have and see how we can kind of add to that instead of buying one entire outfit. So we encourage people to buy things that can go with like two, three outfits as opposed to just one outfit. Right. I think, yeah, getting there slowly, but gradually, I feel, you know, it's a slow process, but I feel like, um, you know, a lot of brands have spoken about taking these small steps towards a more conscious approach. And I think that really counts. It will. And I feel like the younger generation is way on point with these things than we are or where our parents were. You know, they're way more responsible about it. They, they know what they are buying and what is the impact of things, whether good or bad. Right, right. Okay, I also know that, you know, you mostly either retail online or as part of other multi-designer stores. How has like not retailing out of like a brick and mortar store and hugely operating online aided your business? Like, is that like maybe also advice that you would want to give out to budding designers or say anyone starting out a label? I would say like, you need to be wherever you can be, right? So with us, we have a very niche audience because we have a niche product. So I firstly, I can't expect my customers to come find me. I have to go there, knock on the doors and be like, you know, hey, I exist. And anyone starting out now needs to do that and kind of embrace digital media for this because I think you can cut through so many postcodes and cities just by being online. And that's great. You don't need to invest. Again, this is a more sustainable approach than just like making stores and, you know, wasting electricity, water and these kind of things you have to kind of find your community and be wherever the community is. I think that's the best way of uh, looking at it. So it can be any product, doesn't have to be fashion, whether you're selling soap or you're selling wine or whatever, like just find where your community is, who you're targeting and just be there. Right. I think on the same lines, you know, even uh, when we started out, we're essentially an augmented reality technology platform. Yeah. Um, so even our goal was to reduce the dependency on physical inventory per se, because, you know, like 
there's so much risk associated with that anyway right like there's the risk of um loss threat um so much can happen and people spend so much time manufacturing sometimes even the wrong products right exactly they might, they might not work out for you so i think one it's very important to kind of go where your community is and especially online and secondly even you know the spike in how people shop there's this crazy amount of like people shopping online and the 21st century shopper obviously like craves for convenience and there's no better way than to like shop online at least for a certain set of people do you think that immersive technologies will also take over the apparel space well i mean in a very obvious manner it's not there right it's not like hmm. we have some digital after coming and like going to a digital store and shopping for us but a lot of times what people i feel they do is that they go online they see what they want they are, you know they check out the prices they check out the entire collection everything and then they go to a physical store if they really want to do the touch and feel of the product and buy from there so even beyond that like technology is kind of driving everything that we do with whether it's like targeting your ads online or forecasting your shopping trends even the way say like we produce fabric or finding alternative ways of making a fabric or you know maybe if leather is not the right way of you know of going about it like finding a more sustainable approach to leather like you know you, you can make like a leather looking thing out of pineapples so everything is aided by technology I think you know even with technology online consultations grew so much personal yeah. shoppers have been on the rise and so much has kind of like been aided just because there was availability of you know digital technologies that help people open up their e-stores if nothing else exactly and i think i mean for people who've grown up with a phone in their hands it's been easy for them but i feel for the generations above that it's been a game changer Yeah. You know, they they could never imagine that oh someone could like video call them for example, like a very small thing, like just video call mm. them and tell them oh like you know we have these pieces in store. Right. Okay, so before we kind of move on to like our next section, I have a mm-hmm. question. Say if you were to release say a five step crucial checklist to establishing like a successful label, mm-hmm. what would you kind of include in that? Uh, everything I did not do. Um, <laughs> That's no, not true. <laughs> Joe, no, I got really lucky. Mm-hmm. I think have a business plan. Have someone who can take care of things when you are not there. So have a great succession plan. You know, you're not going to be there in your office all the time doing things. Definitely have a great product. Without a great product, no matter how well your or good your marketing is, it's not going to go anywhere. Find your customer. and find your voice. Fair. Okay. In the same light, where do you think brands in the retail industry are headed like right now? Like if you were to say where are more homegrown brands headed right now? So, I mean, last year really like you could see a lot of homegrown brands popping up in every sort of a product range, right? But I think where it's headed towards is more towards customization. Is that something that you also kind of really focus on when it comes to your brand? Of course, because I think that once, like, even something as small as monogrammed bags, for example, right? Like, you kind mm. of just feel special that this one is for you, and you can't kind of share it. Yeah, fair enough. I think I am also like a big sucker for anything that can even have my <laughs> initials. I'm like, yes, okay, this one, this is the one for me. I know you don't mind paying that extra <laughs> bar, but like, you just like this one's me. 
Okay, so now I'm basically just going to move to the next section of our podcast, which is called High Fives. It's a quick five-question rapid-fire round. Mm-hmm. I always uh, channel my inner Karan Johar with this round, <laughs> and people find it very uh, funny sometimes. But am I getting a hamper? See, this is this is another question that a lot of people have asked me, and I always say it's a hamper of my love. All okay, of it fine. is for you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, the first question is: What is your 2021 aesthetic in three words? Fast, free, chic. Okay. Who are the three celebrities that you love styling in four three one eight eight? Priyanka Chopra, Malaika Arora, Anushka Sharma. Okay. One tip to all budding designers: Show up to work every single day except Sundays. <laughs> okay. One work mantra that flows through the four three one eight eight studio. So we term this year as the year of growth, and everything we do is towards that. It's a great positive affirmation to have. Okay. What's next for four three one eight eight as a brand? One more month, and we'll be ready to announce it. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Pratap. I've had a great time chatting with you and getting to know you and your brand. And I hope to see you very soon. Thank you so much. This was fun. For everyone who tuned in today, thank you so much for taking the time out and listening to our conversation. If this conversation struck a chord with you, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share this with your friends and family. If you have a take on the topic we discussed, or if you'd like to share some feedback, please feel free to write to me. I'm going to catch you next week with yet another uninterrupted conversation. Have a great evening ahead.